and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. I am, as ever, joined by my trusty sidekick, Regan Kempton. How are you doing, babe? Good, good, good. Just, you know... Counting down the weeks, still inside. I, <laughs> I don't know how many weeks we've been doing this in uh, quarantine, but, you know, our early chat is starting to get a bit like, so how you doing? I mean, I'm over it. I'm still inside. I'm over it too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're still doing the same thing. Nothing's really changed. Though we did, last night we had one of our single friends over who's like been quarantined on like on their own, we had them come over and we drank wine outside on our driveway, like social distancing. And it was so much fun because the park across the street from our house is like turned into the high schooler hangout place. And it is so fucking entertaining to sit and drink wine on the driveway and watch these kids. Like it's hilarious. And we've now decided we should probably start filming it and like do something with it. Because oh my god, it's just hilarious! Just like the different waves of teenagers that come at different times, the cops end up coming <laughs> late at night, <laughs> and it's all happening just outside of our house. So we've now just decided you we're going to start drinking and enjoying it. Are you getting high off the fumes? Uh, we are. We are. Oh god! I said to Jimmy the other day, I was like, "Is it wrong that I just really want to get stoned?" Like I literally <laughs> cannot remember the last time I was stoned. But for some reason, the boredom has got to a point that now I want to do drugs again. Right? I'm like, I mean, that's the natural curve. Let's right? get stoned. <laughs> Jimmy's like, where do I even buy? Like, where do I buy weed from? I was like, I'm pretty sure I can make some calls. Like, I'm sure I can find somebody. We can find someone. He's we like, can sort it out. He's like, you are not in college anymore. Like, just chill your boots, drink your wine, and shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, okay, fair enough. Because we've like really not been drinking because mostly I really don't like watching the kids the day that I'm hungover. And I feel as I'm getting older, I'm hungover just all the time. Like, doesn't matter what I drink, I will wake up with a headache, mostly because I sleep like shit. Like, I don't sleep well after drinking. But now I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I went and got two two bottles of wine on my like grocery run Friday and it was fantastic. So I think that's going to be our Fridays. We're going to invite our single friends over so that they don't have to be alone anymore. We'll sit social distancing on the driveway and uh, watch the teenage antics on Jackass Hill. I mean, that sounds like good old fashioned fun to me. It really is. Yeah. We enjoyed it. Um, Well, we're camping at the moment because we were, well, it's back. Well, it's bank holiday weekend here, and it's a long one because we had V Day on Friday, and it's a bank holiday Monday, so it's a four-day weekend. Um, and normally, we would have gone camping as a family, like to the beach, lovely campsite. You know, that was... Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we can't do that. So I said, without thinking, well, we could just go camping in the garden. And as soon as the words <laughs> left my mouth, I was like, what the fuck have I just said? What idiot suggests such yeah, a thing? That the was kids my obviously thought. heard it, and we're like... I was like, oh, God. <laughs> anyway, once I'd committed, to, even Jimmy was looking at me like... Um, Who are you? <laughs> okay, where's the real cat and what have you done with her? So once I'd committed to it, I was like, well, listen, if I'm going to do it, I'm going balls deep. Yeah. So I got like the fire pit out. We I put fairy lights. I made it like some festival VIP camping thing. Um, but then because it took me like four hours to do that, I said to Jimmy, there's no way we're only doing this for one night. No, we're spending the whole weekend out here. We're going to stay in here for a week. Jimmy's like, uh, let's take it a day at a time. Anyway, (laughs) we're on our second night tonight. I'm excited. First night was a little eventful. But, you know, we're all still laughing and it was just fun. Yeah, that's cool. I think I think that's like another quarantine silver lining, like just learning to say yes and have fun again yeah. is key. Well, saying yes, I think I have a really bad habit of slipping into kind of a no instinct where I'm like, just stop touching. Like, no, can you just not? Like yeah. all of it, because you're stressed and you're busy doing right. stuff. So I'm really trying to consciously stop that because sometimes I say it when it's not necessary. Yeah, it's just uh, easy. And I could just let them do it. It's just easy. Right. So I'm really trying to say yes more. Nice. I like that. Because we always, like, one thing I really like about just 
our holidays or Christmas or whatever, is we do get into like a yes mindset just because that's all we're doing. And I think that's a good mindset to kind of approach quarantine as well. Like just say yes. A lot of things go down a lot easier and it's actually all okay. So I like that. Well, and it reduces the battles, right? Yeah. Well, we just don't need any more battles in our life. And also we are all over it now. Like, yeah, it's we're bored. We're emotionally, mentally feeling the strain. And the kids are too. They're like, I mean, the furthest they go is the park for like half an hour just to scoot around the you know the path and that's been like that for like eight or nine weeks so I just feel actually we need to give them some space give them a little bit of yes and if it fucks up the kitchen or the garden it fucks up the kitchen or the garden no I think the garden looks amazing you've done well yeah well I'll just go and scream in the in the bathroom where they can't hear me yeah well and at least you like this is the best part of camping right you're camping with like a kitchen and proper facilities. So if you're going to have to do a camping trip, like maybe the yard is the way to go. We don't own any camping stuff, so we'd have to buy it or borrow it and set it all up. So we're still debating, but we have been talking about camping in the yard. Well, Jimmy's now decided that this is now a family tradition and every year we're going to camp in the garden and it's going to go, he's like, and then there'll be teenagers and they won't want to do it. They'll be like, oh, I don't want to do it. And then we'll make them do it because it's like a family thing. And then they can have their boyfriends over. And I was like, but they don't sleep in the same tent. He's like, not under our roof. And we... I like it. So, you know, that's, that's where we are. So for our American listeners, what is VE Day? Ah, uh, VE Day is Victory in Europe. So it's uh, the day that Victory in Europe was announced after the end of the Second World War. That's what, that's what we thought. But I just wanted to clarify in case anybody else didn't know. Because we don't obviously celebrate VE Day in America. No. Um, and it's the 75th anniversary. So it's kind of a big one. Yeah. Don't get me started on all the people that just flouted social distancing to eat fucking scones and dance under bunting. <laughs> I mean, but they did. So you were Fine. still responsible anyway. and social distanced your VE Day celebrations in your back garden. Yes. Not a euphemism. That's exactly what we did because I'm not a dick. Yeah, I like that. I like Um, that about you. (laughs) It's my strongest quality, actually. My lack of dickness. Yes. All right. Oh, dear. So um, it's a quiet week for us because I, I, I guess a lot of this is because has been impacted by COVID-19. Things that were supposed to start have been delayed. Uh, So we're down to four shows this week. Yeah, I'll have to do a little corrections corner because I think last week I said definitely Million Dollar Listing LA was still coming out, but it actually wasn't. They just didn't make a big announcement about it. So I double-checked. It's not obviously out this week. Um, So we only have four shows, and I'm a little bit worried that we're going to dwindle because... We'll, we will be losing Vanderpump Rules and I think Below Deck Sailing Yacht here fairly soon because we're. Well, you know what we can do there. is if if we get down to like two shows, we can also look at the kind of reality TV news and the gossip and stuff, and yeah. maybe talk about some of that stuff too. Nope. So we'll, we'll, don't worry, even if there are no shows. We'll still be here with chat. Absolutely, we'll still make it fun. We'll make it nice, as Dorinda Mentley would say. We'll make. We'll make it nice. We'll make it um, nice. Speaking of which, we're not going to go to New York first because that's the last one. Instead, let's yes. start with what we affectionately term BDSY. BDSY. It's a highlight of the week. Um, and I think a much better title for the show than the actual full thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's much better than Below Deck Sailing Yacht. Yeah. Still a so, show. Anyway, big, big stuff happening this week. Yeah, big trust chat between Adam and Jenna. Obviously, we're seeing their relationship crumble due to Adam's kind of dysfunctions. It's the nicest uh, way I can put that. Emotional yeah. idiocy. Yeah, he, he drives me crazy because I really feel like as much as I think Jenna missteps in her handling of other people on the boat. I feel like she does generally do the right thing with him. Yeah. And he gets really upset when her reactions don't match his expectations, which I think is like his base level problem. Well, let's, so they started off, did yeah. we, we kind of joined the show with them continuing the fight in the bedroom that went on till like 4.30 oh, in the morning. Jesus. <laughs> Those fights I mean, are we've never all been, productive. Uh, we've <laughs> all been, just go to sleep. Just go the fuck yeah. to sleep. You know when people say don't sleep on an argument? So go wrong. to sleep yeah. on an argument. Because they also say, why don't you sleep on it? Sleep on it, and then you'll feel a little bit more able to tackle it. Don't right. stay up till four in the morning. Having no. it. never, It's never productive. Especially when you have to work the next day, which is what they had to do. They had to get ready for like the next charter coming on boat. So they all were busy. And because of this 4 a.m. fight, we see Adam just 
kind of be a dick the entire episode. Like he picks a fight with the provisions guy. He's a dick to Jenna when she like writes him all these like love notes. Cause I think she recognizes she didn't react the way that maybe she should have about the flowers. She felt bad for it. She made him all these love notes and it was like fucking crickets. He just didn't give a fuck. Well, because it would have had to admit, he would have had to, for him to accept that would have meant that he was bridging the gap and sort of recognizing that there was an issue that he needed to address, that he needed to own and be accountable for. And that is just a step too far. not his bag. Yeah. As soon as it gets slightly tricky, he just bails. Yeah. That's his MO. He hops in his van and goes away. Yeah, I do too. Because like, that's a really, I mean, she can't, you can't overcome that. Like that's his ingrained response to when things get tricky and probably a big reason why like they're yachties, right? Like they're able to kind of leave everything, just focus on a job and like the other shit doesn't matter unless you're in a relationship on a boat, then that's fucking tricky. And to be honest, like the older Adam gets, the less cute this gets. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, the way he treats that provisions guy is so disgusting. It's so shitty. And I get it. Have your own issues. But you don't take it out on people like that. It's just really wrong. No, and isn't that, like, a huge misstep to fuck off your provisions, dude? Like, do you really think that's the way to get nice provisions? Now you're just going to get shitty provisions the whole time, which affects your tips, which affects everybody. Yeah, it's like it's like being a cunt to the waitress. She's yeah. just going to sneeze in your coffee. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Just... His way of dealing with things, he's so unable and terrified to like to look into a look into his own issues and and because de- having that conversation yeah. with Jenna would ultimately bring them closer, would ultimately take them further down the line of a relationship, right. and that fucking terrifies him. And then he plays the victim. Oh well, I got her flowers and she didn't take it how I wanted to take it. So uh, you know, I was right all along. I tried and yeah, she was yeah. a dick. So why would I even try? Um, and it's just an easy way out for him. Right. Doesn't matter that they he's were like on, crushing um, her spirit in the wake. No, no, he doesn't give a shit about that. But they were on what, Watch What Happens Live, or he was, and they are not together yeah, anymore. Yeah, they were both on that one. I didn't watch it, but I saw that they were both the guests, so maybe I should have. Yeah. Well, good. Um, I mean, hopefully they both, learned, she learned something from it and can continue her growth. Because I do actually think, like, Jenna is growing in this relationship, even if it's not, like, the correct one to be in. I feel like she's learning about herself in it. And if she just learns she doesn't need to deal with that bullshit anymore, then... That's a fucking win. Yeah, that's a good lesson to learn. Um, We also have Madison falling out with Georgia in this episode. And I think for good reason, right? Oh, totally. Um, So Georgia tells Madison that she has told the entire crew about her murdered sister. And Madison's like, what the fuck? That's not cool. And Georgia's like, holy shit, that wasn't cool. And I mean, I think Madison is definitely mad at her for good reason. I also think like Georgia does the right thing and fucking apologizes and realizes the extent of what she did. Yeah, I think that's why I, this is kind of a cool conversation to have because it's. Quite, I remember thinking when I was watching it, it's quite rare to see a conflict play out like this. Somebody messes up, owns up to it, apologizes. The person's upset, that's fine. They give them the space, they come back, have a chat, and, and make resolved. it okay again. Yeah. It's like, well, you never see that on reality TV. I was watching it going, mm. hang on, this. What's, what is weird about... Oh, oh they're yeah. behaving like adults. <laughs> that's what's weird this about This is not them. allowed. <laughs> But I get it with Madison because, of course, like the first thing uh, Byron says is that explains so much. That's not what you want to do. No. Do you know what I mean? If You don't want your behavior to be defined or explained or excused by this atrocious thing that happened No, you, you don't want your life defined by something that happened to somebody in your family and not on you. And no, it's not cool. But they do make it up and I love, I love them for that. Um, yeah. And then Georgia goes out with... Chris, on her foot fish-eating date. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a fan of those either, because I always just think of, like, all the feet that have been in that tank, too. Well, they're banned here in the UK. You can't have them here anymore. Oh, interesting. I don't know if they've ever been allowed in the US. I've never seen them in the US. I've only seen them, like, traveling to Asia. But, um... I can't think of Yeah, I like how, like, Chris is kind of a niche... Like he definitely. I think that's the nicest way to say it. Like that's Reagan. That makes me realize that your heart is so good. He's a niche. He's a niche. He's a. He really is. He's a person for somebody. I don't know if that person is Georgia. (laughs) 
That person is not Georgia. I think but, we can be clear. Yeah, but that person is out there. I do enjoy their banter. I think Georgia gives good banter. I do too. I really like Georgia. She's smart. She doesn't take herself too seriously. She's up for things without it being, she's not one of these thrill seeker, yeah. oh, I have to do everything just for the sake of it. Like she's just open to opportunity. Um, I really like her. She's one of my favorites on the show. Yeah, I totally agree. I like that she went on the date, even though Chris is probably not her thing, just to like go and do it and kind of learn more about him and, you know, not be a dick. Well, exactly. And I mean, the reality is Georgia's heart is still with Paget, And she says in her interviews, I fucking wish it wasn't the case. And, but it is. And I feel awful about it. And I'm not, you know. And I'm not doing I anything appreciate, about it. Yeah. I appreciate the way that she's handling it. Well, she's handling it like a real grown up, right? Like you, you don't always get what you want and you don't necessarily fuck shit up for the other person just because it's not how you want it to be. Like, I think she's handling it, handling it all, like, really respectfully of Ciara and of Paget and their relationship, and it's just like, it sucks, but this is where I'm at, and nothing can happen. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think Paget and her are handling it. There's just the right amount of flirting, yeah. if any amount of flirting is right. right. <laughs> you know, you don't want any more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're just on the level. Um, and Paget in this one, I really, it was a really interesting concept. With I think we learned a little bit more about Paget in this episode. Yeah, I think he becomes a little bit less vanilla for me. Like, I'm learning about the dude behind the lead deckhand. And when the guests want, like, a topless deckhand to deliver the cake, he really opens up about kind of how he's had body issues. And I think it's really interesting because we, we talk a lot about body positivity for women and we don't necessarily think that, bod, like that men need any help in the body positivity because most are just overcompensating dicks. But I think this really gives <laughs> us an insight into like male body confidence issues and how he was a bit chubby and he was picked on for it. So even now he's not super comfortable like taking off his shirt and doing these things. He'll do it, especially because this guest is lovely. But um, but I thought it was just really interesting. It gives him a little more depth to me. It makes him kind of a full person. Me too. And it also it, the industry is in is going to exacerbate that all these deckhands are ripped, suntanned. You know, he's not, he's a blonde, he's pale skinned, he's got yeah. not got a natural tan. He's not the typical deckhand, built, buff, tan dude. So all of those things are exacerbated by the environment that he's in. But I loved, you just saw that re- really endearing lack of, com- yeah. lack of confidence, if that's, I mean, it's not... In, you know, I don't want him to have a lack of confidence just so that we like him more, but there was something really endearing about him really pushing that, the work up and the press-ups and the pull-ups yeah. and all the rest of it. I just wanted to give him a hug and go, you look great, dude. Yeah, you don't need all this. Um, no, I, I 100% agree with everything that you've said. Little beefcake. Yeah. Um, what I also really loved about this, because I'm mega superstitious, is like the bad dream that Captain Glenn had, like the boat was sinking and then the crows come. Ooh, the crows. And then the lead, then the wind <laughs> comes in. I was like, this is real life. Cross my palm with silver pirate shit. Right. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, the, the mysterious oil appearing all over the deck and it was I probably know. because they did that like huge lean, but... Um, yeah. Would you have been cool with those lean, that lean, or would you have been I like, get know, me dude. off this fucking boat? I would have been pretty creeped out, because, I mean, they were really close to the water. Like, I mean, people could have fallen in, and that would have scared me. I probably would have, like, yeah. gone down below. Yeah, I think I would have definitely gone down below as well. They were just hanging out on the deck, thinking it was, like, hilarious. I was like, that's quite scary, actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe they just trust Glenn that much, like, Glenn could really sort it out, but... I mean, my father-in-law sails, and he's got a sailboat, not to the extent of these, like, mega yacht sailboats. But, like, when the wind picks up and takes you off guard, like, it can be a little bit scary because it's just, like, you on the outside of this boat. Like, there's no underneath to go on. So, I don't know. It would have yeah, scared me. it would have been a bit scary, Mary, for me, too. Um, is there anything else for Below Deck? 
No, I think that's all. Um, these charter guests are lovely. Obviously, one is battling cancer, which brings up a lot of issues with Jenna because she had lost her dad to cancer. And so I think the crew really, like, other than Adam, really kind of bonded together to really try to make this a fantastic charter for her. And I loved her outlook. Like, she was just such a positive fighter. I don't know. I really liked her. They're yeah. kind of my favorite of the charter guests for very different reasons this week. Me too. Me too. I And I think going back to just Jenna, I think it was nice to see a little bit more depth with her kind of talking a yeah. bit more about that as well. I think it's, um, you know, it's really easy to make assumptions based on the 40 minutes of film right. that you see, but actually it's nice to see that there's something else. Nice to learn the things that make them the people that they are. Yeah, totally. On that note, uh, we can head over to Vanderpump Rules and see Jack's turning back into the person that he has been in the past. <laughs> What the fuck is going on with Jax? Do you agree with them that it's because it's it, like the wedding's over, his 40th's over, and he's not the center of attention anymore? Yeah, because I think if you think previously, his dad had passed away as well. So like his dad passed, so he was getting a lot of attention from that. He and Brittany got engaged, so he's getting a lot of attention from that. Then it was the wedding. Then it was his birthday. Like I think he's gotten used to all the attention, be it positive, you know, all this positive attention towards him and people not really calling him out on his bullshit because he's been dealing with a lot of stuff. I think his time limit has expired on all these things and I think he's pissed off and that's why he's like fucking rage texting everybody. Like it's a throwback to Tequila Katie when she used to rage text people. Like it's just absurd. But at least Tequila Katie had a ton of tequila in her. Like Jax is just doing this sober. Like, there seems to be something going on. Do you think there are real mental issues? He speaks to Tom. I mean, I feel like there are real mental issues, but not the one that he's talking about to Tom. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I totally agree. I, th- I, think, I think reality is hitting Jax, and I think it's maybe something that he has not really had to deal with because there have been so many things going on that he's just kind of been in survival mode, so he's just been like dealing with these things one at a time. And now everything's kind of dealt with. And he's left to really work through the emotions of all those things. And I think that's what he's doing. I think that's why he's lashing out. I agree. I think like the the death of his dad was kind of tempered by the fact that he was engaged and getting married and all of that stuff. And now it's it's like when you work really, really hard and then you stop. Yeah. And, you get, and that's when you get sick on your holiday. Right, right. It's like that. He's just gone through, 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 and now he's here and it's all catching up with him. Um, but I feel for Brittany as well because she has always been like his his Jesus. defender. And, she, and they yeah. make a great couple, but she really bears the brunt of the issues in that relationship. And just to see her having to like, she still wants to turn up for her friends at the right. things that Jax thinks are dumb. But then she has to be the one to like, explain, excuse, defend, and that must really start to take its toll as well. Yeah, I think that sounds boring and shitty. Like, you don't always want to have to be the one apologizing for your partner, and I think that can really wear on a relationship as well. Like, if you're always having to be that person who tries to explain away the behavior or, you know, side with your friends but also, uh, you know, not throw your partner in the shit, like, that's a that's a hard place to be for a long period of time, and I hope that that's not the case for her, because I don't know if their relationship would weather that, or even her I don't know sense if any, of self could. No, and I don't know if any relationship c- could or should weather that. If this continues, it's yeah. unreasonable behavior. It's eventually going to break them down, and Brittany's such a sweetheart. Um, but he lays into Max for having the beach party. He lays into uh, Tom and Ariana about their relationship. Yeah. He's point blank rude to Sheena. Do you want to see my? I mean, I, I get it. But Jerry's like, no, no I, don't. I don't actually. <laughs> well, all right then. You know, he he lays into Kristen. Like, yeah. He just and. Brittany says, you're projecting so much shit right now. Yeah, on onto fucking everyone. Like, nobody is safe other than, I don't think he does anything to Stassi and Bo in this episode. Not this week. No, but not we'll in this see. episode. But yeah, I, I, he needs to get his shit. He needs to go talk to somebody and work through this shit if he is ever going to really be like the happy kind of Jason that we have been seeing. If he really wants to be that guy, he's going to have to go talk to somebody 
and work jacks out of his system. I mean, the other thing is it could just be post-wedding come down. I mean, yeah. that's quite a thing. Like you spend a whole year, a ton of money, you get over the day and it's this massive anticlimactic right. um, kind of reality where you're like, oh, well, this is it now. Life is and still the same. it could just be that. Totally. So he maybe just, maybe he'll get over it, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's just um, on his man period, the other- as many people pointed it out. Pointed out. Just his time of the month. Fucking drives me nuts. Blaming everything on periods. Right. Why don't we blame Jax's behavior on our periods? <laughs> Fuck off. Um, fucking man period. Uh, that aside, we also... Now, if you're, in for, if, if you're here for a rant, you're probably going to get one now. But let's talk a little bit about Brett and Sheena. So... This has all been really interesting to me, this whole thing about the music video. Because when I watched this episode, I was like, okay, like, I get it. Like, she was a bit much. I think he's blowing it a little bit out of proportion. But maybe he really did feel, like, uncomfortable. And then I read the article. I posted I posted it in the group, I think. Yeah, you I read did. this really fascinating article about how actually Brett is just gaslighting and being a huge dickhead. To Sheena, I read it and I was like, holy fuck, I can't believe I saw it another way. And go ahead. No, no, go okay. no, You carry on. Yeah, so I can't believe that I was actually kind of on his side while I was watching this episode after watching the article and really taking a think back to like his whole interaction with Sheena. Like, Sheena's annoying. I get that. But he, he is gaslighting her. Like, he's making it out to be something that it 100% wasn't. He signed up to do the video. The video is what the video is. It was never going to be anything different. But I really don't like the way he treats Sheena. Like, even when he did his YouTube video where he, like, made it out to be something different to her, and then when she was, like, on air totally flipped the tables on her and was really calling her out for being like middle-aged and like being a fuck girl and like all this shit that was not like agreed upon. And then he's doing it again after this video and like trying to make her out to be like a sexual predator on him where she's like, it's just a fucking video. Like you need to calm down. I was the same as you. I actually read the article before I watched the show. Uh So I, I don't know what my initial reaction would have been. Um, <clears throat> but Sheena is Sheena. And yes, I'm sure that she did say, do you want a blowjob? Yeah. I'm sure she did. But just like the article says, Sheena, that's she, like Sheena will have done it in some kind of ill judged joke. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's not, she's always that going to be that person, but he's using it to kind of continue this narrative that she's obsessed with him and that she just can't take no for an answer. And that is really damaging. And Sheena talks about it in the interviews. Men in LA, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. going to hazard a guess and say men all over the place, right. do not say what they want. And he's using this information to make it seem like it's something that it isn't. And he's also doing it to try and stay cool with, De- with right. Dana and Lala. And it's just playground bullying. Yeah, 100%. And also, he is not a nice guy. No. This is not just he's a really nice guy making a bad like a bad decision. Right. I genuinely do not like his dark serpent soul. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think we see it where like he says one thing to Max and a different thing to Dana and like I think that's going to erupt badly, hopefully badly for him. Like I, I kind of want Dana and Max to get back together like after everything we saw in this season or this episode. Me too. Because I think Max was actually really coming from, like, a feelings place. And I think he did have feelings for Dana. And I think Brett has kind of fucked with it just because he feels like he can. But I think he likes to play people off each other to try to further his own agenda, regardless of the feelings of the people involved. I 100% agree. Max and Dana make a great couple. And I hope that he's triggered something in her that's making her question her choice right now. Because I think Brett is pulling the wool over her eyes and present, pretending to be this kind of really deep, meaningful, thoughtful, new agey, you know, yeah. post-third-wave femi- feminism guy. Um, and actually, he's a snake. 
And Max is really authentic. And he's like, listen, I don't have a problem. Of course, you you have the right to go and do it. Yeah. I'm just saying that I still have feelings. I find it uncomfortable. And I hope he's planted a little seed that makes Dana think, actually, Max is a much better fit for me. Because at the end of the day, Brett is also thick. Yeah. too short thick fucking Thick as planks. fuck. Yeah. And Dana is whip smart. Mm-hmm. Max is smart. It's just a better fit. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean... Max definitely has his foibles, but I mean, you know, he's single, so he sleeps with that girl in Vegas that is like a mini Sheena. Um, But I do think like he's in this episode, we see this real talk between him and Dana. And I like that he's like, of course, I'm not going to tell you, you can't do anything, but I don't like it. Um, But I don't want that to like stop you from doing those things. But you do need to know that I have real feelings in this game. And I like the way he does that. Like, I think that's being true and honest, whereas Brett is just fucking conniving and gross. Well, and in this particular setting where it's LA and it's very, like, surface level and everybody's in it to get famous, that kind of conversation has real value. And I just hope that Dana recognizes that because I don't see Brett having those conversations with her that I feel are as authentic or genuinely real. Um, I'm interested to see next week because I think that Brett gets put on the spot with Dana and at the dinner table. Like that was in the trailer, which I'm excited about. And I hope he gets exposed for the snake that he is. Yeah. I love, I love this show. I feel like I actually kind of like this new dynamic and I think they've needed some new people. I don't think Danica is one of those new people that's needed. I don't think Charlie's needed, but I like this. I like Dana and Max. And if we have to deal with Brett in the meantime to kind of have more Dana and Max, I'm okay with that because I do think it's highlighting a really gross side to kind of these new age feminist men and how they kind of play it in a very chauvinistic way. Does that well, make sense? Well, and for the love of God, yeah, yeah. Male R&B artists have been making sex videos since time began. Yes. And as soon as a girl does it, she's violating. She's taking, she can't, like, it's impossible for Brett to imagine that a girl can just own something super fucking sexy. I yeah. mean, if that's your thing. Right. I didn't think it was that <laughs> sexy, but she still has the right to make a video without being called a fucking sex predator. He knew what he was doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and honestly, oh. I like Sheena's reaction to it. Like, are you kidding? Like, it's acting. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I, I like, don't want Let's not this. take this too seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, But somebody who is taking things seriously is James, who I am really starting for the first time to see something in him that I genuinely like. Yeah, that's like a good human in there. There's a good human in there. Well, there's a light. There's like a light in his eye. Yeah, yeah. That's real. That hasn't been there before. I love the chat with like him and Lisa at the table and Lisa like is like, well, the DJ booth is empty if you want to go hop in. I love that she's willing to give him kind of chance after chance after chance because I think that's what he's needed. Um, I wonder though, on like James's route to sobriety, if him and Raquel will last because I think like we saw a little bit of like, the lack of getting it with Raquel. Like, I think Raquel is probably book smart as they come. Oh, my God. But she, oh, my God, that thing with Lisa. Oh does the Pope God. have a balcony? Bless that girl, sweetheart. And she still does didn't get it. Does everybody know that the Pope drinks rosé on his balcony? Babe. That's oh, not the point. Babe. <laughs> you just... I loved Lisa's reaction to that. She was just like, like, I don't even know what to say. Like... Nobody knows what to say to that. Poor Raquel. Bless her. I mean, but he, I agree with you. I think we talked about it last week. I don't know if Raquel is going to be enough for him sober, but we'll see. Um, She, I do like that she gives him a chance on the DJ booth going back to that, because I think she realizes that it's important for him to see that being sober and maintaining it brings rewards. Right. So the longer he's sober, the better things get. So the fact that he's now sober and he's got the one thing he's that he has been wanted asking for <laughs> is like reinforcing. She's yeah. like reinforcing this idea that you stay on the right route, the good shit comes to you. I love the way that she is always thinking about the people that work for her, and she's got a real vested interest in totally. the ones that are on the show. Yeah, um, and 
you know, I've said it before, I fucking love Lisa Vanderpump. I love Lisa Vanderpump on this show. I didn't necessarily love her on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I mean, I loved her because she's fantastic, but I didn't like the way the dynamic was going with the other women. And here, I think we can really, on this show, I think we really get to see Lisa's heart and the amount that she cares for people and how invested she really is in like her life in LA and like these restaurants and the Vanderpump dogs and just these connections that she has. Cause I mean, Lala barely worked for her, like maybe yeah. a season, but like she really sees something in Lala and they really like work together in like other aspects of their lives. And I think that's cool. Like, I think Lisa's one of those people that has to be the matriarch. And I think with Beverly Hills, it just got to a point where she couldn't maintain the matriarch role. The equality started to even out a bit and it just didn't work for her. That's yeah. not where she excels. She excels in that kind of matriarch role, whether it's running a restaurant or looking after a group of crazy 20-something <laughs> boys and girls. Yeah. Um, that's that's where she sits really well. And, and that's not, you know, some people are just born to kind of be leaders and that's yeah. That's Lisa. She's not part of a pack. So I think it makes sense that this works for her and Beverly Hills doesn't. Yeah, no, I think that's that's an excellent point. Um, speaking of Beverly Hills, geez, the segues have been great nice. today. We're on fire today. It's about time. It's only 36 like episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Beverly Hills. Yeah. Uh, shall we talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Yes, we should. Um Teddy's retreat. I think this was really interesting to watch because I think it gave us a lot of insight on why Teddy was acting the way she was with the invites. I think we got a little more background information on it. Um, And I also think we just kind of see, at least for me, I really saw where Teddy was coming from with how the girls reacted at the retreat. Like they were there for lunch. Then they got drunk at the bar while everybody else is like meditating and doing these like self-worth worth exercises. Then they got in a fight, so they couldn't do the evening stuff. And I think it was exactly what Teddy didn't want to happen because she knew this is what would happen. They didn't like show up and like do the meditation. I mean, the girls who showed up at the beginning did the workout kind of, um, but that's really it. And I think all Teddy wanted them to do was like, if you're going to come, then I want you to participate in all the little events. I mean, there was only like two. They, they weren't on the hook for a lot, no, it was like a, a boxing workout, a massage, lunch, fine, meditation, which was sort of yoga-y, yeah. uh, dinner. I mean, this wasn't a taxing day. No. But they couldn't get round to it. And just watching Teddy roll up those personalized yoga mats and rearrange everything because they just yeah. couldn't fucking be asked to get out the bar or stop fighting in the hotel room. Just, I was with you, I was like, Oh, Teddy babe, she knew this was fucking going to happen. Just don't invite them. Like, because I think she's right. Like, that's not being supportive. Or even, like, to go to our chat last week. Like, sometimes you are there just to support your friends, but you do go through the motions, right? Like, you take your Instagram pictures on your personal yoga mats, and you big up the brand on your socials. Like, that's what you do. That's how you support each other. But they didn't do fuck all. They were just being assholes. They were being assholes. And then, you know what? They were all being assholes. Apart from Erica, who just is always a queen. 100%. Um, and actually, Kyle, I don't think Sutton was being an asshole either. I think no, Kyle Sutton wasn't being an and Dorit were kind of being assholes. But I think actually, and I never thought I would do this, I think Kyle was being an asshole. I don't actually think Dorit was. I mean, I always think Dorit's kind of a bit of an asshole. Yeah. Like, there is sort of an an element of superiority about her. And her glam, it's like she's trying to sort of be Erica Light. And I just feel like it's just, it just all, she always feels a little bit too try hard for me. Okay. Fair enough. The whole thing. Yeah. But I do agree with you. Kyle got this wrong. I think she got it wrong because she's feeling the pressure of being away from her family, doing so much, working, New York. She's tired and cranky. She She needs a nap. She's tired and cranky. She needs a minute. She just needs a fucking time out. And I think she launches into Dorit. And I think Dorit launches back with, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't think either of them behave brilliantly. But then we get to the dinner and 
I think at that point, Kyle's just like a caged animal. Like, she's like a cornered animal, and she is just lashing out. Yeah, which is not a nice look at Teddy's event, the person who you are there to being supportive of. (laughs) Like, having a fight in the middle of this whole dinner is not a good look. (laughs) No, and even if Kyle was right, and Dorit had been fucking around with glam, and she had just been a bit selfish and self-obsessed... It, it doesn't need to matter to Kyle that much. No. Like, Dorit's right. If it doesn't matter to Teddy, why is it Get bothering you so much? Right. Like, tell me once and, move and on. then let's move on. Yeah. But but this constant thing, and I, I really feel it's because Kyle feels she's got so much on and she could turn up and do it and then Dorit's fucking around on Instagram right. doing a photo shoot and doing glam. Um, but, yeah, and then obviously it carries on into Denise and Aaron's pizza, pizza party. ice cream party. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really where they, I don't even know where to start with this. Well, here's what I get really like. They start talking about who's had, who's been with girls. Um, and then Dorit says, and Dorit sort of implies that Kyle and Teddy have some sort of must have some sort of sexual thing, because otherwise, why would you choose to share a bed if there were two beds in a suite? Like, that's just weird. Which I just, that annoys me. Like, yeah. come on, we're all, surely we're all a right. bit more grown up than this. Kyle gets really like, right, but this is what we're doing then. And then before I know it, Lisa Rinna's getting involved, saying, yeah, well, you didn't stand up for me. I just think everybody needs to chill the fuck out. Yeah. I mean, I thought, like, I didn't necessarily mind the threesome chat. Like, it was fine to chat about, like, who's done them, who hasn't. Garcelle kind of opens up. Oh, I don't, no, no, I don't mind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting there. But, like, that was all right. I didn't pick up, like, that Dorit was really making that, but now that you say it, now I kind of see where she probably was trying to, like, make a dig because Kyle's kind of been an asshole to her, so she's going to now dig back. And then Kyle talks about how she's always standing up for everybody. And actually, I think Rinna has a point. She was like, well, you don't because... I was right about your sister drinking again and I brought it up and you fucking jumped all over me because it was like family is always going to come first whether it's right or wrong whereas you're now saying I will always stand up for people who, you know, are in the right. So I agree. Rina is not wrong. I yeah. don't know if now was the time to say it because Dorit, like, do you know what yeah, I mean? I yeah. feel like it was throwing unnecessary fuel onto a fire that was already raging pretty right. well by itself. <laughs> um <laughs> So, and, and she was, but Rinna was only, I mean, Rinna was technically right. Yes. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I think it's difficult when you get, to, when you have to choose between your friends and your sister. Totally. It's, uh, that's a very different dynamic. But if you're looking at the, in the court of law. Yeah. And of course there are times when Kyle doesn't stand up. In the court friends. of Lisa Rinna, that would in not be correct. In the court of Lisa Rinna's But Lisa law. Rinna is, loves to throw a little more gasoline on a dumpster oh. fire. Always. Like, that's her role. I love it. It makes for great TV. Personally, would I love to have a friend like that? Probably not. But, um, yeah, like, she definitely threw that last little match on that raging dumpster fire of a dinner where Denise was and just then, like, I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> and then, of course, Kyle starts crying. Of course. Uh, starts saying nasty things about Denise. Which is like, you're at Denise's house, man. That's just bad manners. Well, like, just she wasn't because even somebody involved. doesn't, just because somebody doesn't spend hours in fucking glam just to go to lunch with friends doesn't mean that they're a ragamuffin. Oh, yeah. Like, I just felt like none of that was needed. Like, and she was, she was rude as fuck to Denise. Like, told her to fuck off. Yeah, she was. And like, it's like, dude, you're at this woman's house. She's opened up her house to you. She's feeding you. She's done all this great stuff. Like, Chill your boots. Yeah. Denise has no dog in this fight and doesn't really give a fuck. Like, leave her out of it. No, I'm with you. I think that um, Kyle's going to have to apologize. But it is a TBC, so we'll have to see where it goes. I imagine we'll pick up right in the middle of that particular shitstorm next week. Absolutely. And then last but not least is the Real Housewives of New York. Oh, yes, where we see Jack come back. Jacques? Jacques. Jacques. The lovely Frenchman, who I actually absolutely adore him and Luann's dynamic. I think it's really interesting. I, I don't think the door is shut there yet. I'm going to throw that out there. 
I really adore him. I think he's the best thing to ever happen to her. And I, but I'm not on the same page in that I don't like the dynamic between the two of them. I think that she is. I don't like the way that she's like, oh, I'm so fine that he's engaged and his fiance is lovely. She's got my seal of approval. Did I mention I was fine? It doesn't bother me at all. Me and Jack have <laughs> yeah, this great thing. Like, we're enough. totally cool. <laughs> I just feel like it was a bit, I think it's, it's an ego thing for Luann that Jack still likes to hang out with her and support her, even though he's engaged to somebody else. Yeah. Um, I don't like Lu- Luann. I think everything is slightly... Uh, disingenuous with her and I think this relationship with Jacques is nothing I think it's an ego boost for for her but I do like Jacques and I hope he's very happy and I hope he doesn't let Luann's slimy little tentacles get in the way of what could possibly be a really nice relationship with the other bird yeah I don't think he'll let that happen I mean thinking back to it I liked their dynamic at the lunch where he was just like, you're going to do what you're going to do. Like, I'll support you. Like, I'm always going to support you because you are somebody I've cared about in my past. I think that's the dynamic I like. I don't really like their flirting dynamic at the event. Like, that struck me as a little bit odd. And if I was the fiancé, I wouldn't like that either. Um, No. I don't like the way Luann thinks it's okay to joke about the pirate as well. Like, she was essentially She was dating him at the time, right? Yeah. So to like bully him into it and go, oh, it's just a joke. Come on, it's funny. It's like, well, it wasn't that funny for me in my life. (laughs) No, it wasn't funny. It was pretty devastating, actually. (laughs) Yeah, and this is where Luann just fucking always, I'll always, she'll always lose it for me because it has to be her way. And if you don't agree, then you're just boring or a stick in the mud. You're just not cool. You just, just be cool. Can we just be cool? Yeah. Um. And I think this was just another example of her wanting to be center of attention, whether it's in Jack's eyes, whether it's in that event, whatever's going on. And then, of course, she decides to drink. Well, this was what I was just about to say. Do you think her deciding to have a drink again focuses the attention back on her and that is why she ultimately decided to have a drink? Where she would have been perfectly fine just having water and doing the event and everything would have been fine. Do you think she just felt like attention was losing, like she was losing the focus a bit. I think it's a storyline. Yeah. I, I, I think that's how she thinks. I think she's been on the show. And I'm not saying she's necessarily doing it consciously. I think she's yeah. been on the show long enough that this is now how, this is real life to her. And yeah. she recognizes that her place on the show is, is dependent on having strong storylines and her being sober and serious and doing all the right things isn't, isn't enough. Her being on probation right, was great was because yeah. if she isn't she, but now that that's done, I think, yeah, I think it's storyline. And I think I'm really upset with the way that Dorinda and and Ramona to a certain extent, but Dorinda specifically enables her because I think that's selfish. I just think Dorinda wants her drinking partner back. Oh, 100%. And like Elise, who I think now is going to become like a permanent friend because they've given her like a title you know, on the, like when she pops up, they put her name there now. So I think we'll see more of her. I really liked the way she was like, but aren't you an AA? Like, what's the objective? Like, isn't the desire to be sober? Like you've been talking about how you just feel better being sober and all this stuff. Was that a bullshit? Like what's going on? I agree. I think from the outside, it's really easy to see that Luann drinking doesn't take her down a great path. Um, I do think there is a psychological element in that the only reason she f- was forced to stop drinking is yeah. legal. It was legally enforced, and so I feel like whether she's conscious of it or not, she needs to know whether it, it actually is a problem, right. and therefore she has to decide to stop for herself because she's never made that decision yeah, to stop yeah. for herself, or um, or whether actually it was just fueled by the Tom drama and actually it was part of a breakdown and all of that stuff. Who knows? Maybe there is an argument to be had. Maybe she will be fine. But I don't think it's Dorinda's place to tell her, go on, it'll be fine. Just have a drink. Just be fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we always Um, have, you know, that friend, not to like necessarily those like darkest, like intense but, like, you always have a friend. It's like, I'll just have another bottle of wine. I mean, you and I are those friends for each other. Neither yeah. of us have a drinking problem, so it's usually fine. It pisses our husbands off, but, you know, they usually get over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Eventually. I don't think we ever have, like, dark intentions where, like, we just don't want to be alone. You know, like, 
Do you know what no. I mean? No, for us, it's like social. Like, you know, we're just, we're, we're buzz chasers. We just yeah. never want the party to end. No. Um, but it isn't, it, I think when it starts landing you in jail. Absolutely. Then there's, there's serious questions to be had. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are a raging alcoholic and you can never drink again. But I think that she needs to take this decision to drink a lot more seriously than she is because that's something that she can get support with through her therapist. Like I, this should be a more thought out planned decision right, rather right. than a just, oh, is that water? Oh no, vodka. Oh, do you know what? Now I'm drinking again. That <laughs> doesn't seem do. very considered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I also feel like from the very beginning of this season, we've had hints from Luann the whole way through that actually she just wants to start drinking again as yeah. soon as probation's over. Right, right. Well, and, and again, you're right. Like, that's fine. Then you work that out with like your therapist or whoever and you have a plan and you make it intentional. Don't make it off like, oh, you know, they've said it's fine, so I'm going to do it. Yes. It's a bit Dorinda told me it would be fine. Doesn't cut it. No. But speaking of drinking, um, we also see kind of Leah have this amazing moment with Ramona where Ramona's really breaking down to Leah where her mother is coming from. And this is a Ramona that I am here for. I loved this. I have to say, I called this at the beginning of this. It's the first of my predictions that's come true. Woo-hoo! So I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just like doing a little happy dance. Um, <laughs> But I did call when they were at Ramona's house in the Hamptons. I said, Ramona and Leah are going to become firm friends. And I felt that there would be this kind of mothering role. And and Ramona does that really, really well. Yeah. And the problem is with the other women, that they're, they're sort of her peers in right. age. So it doesn't really come off very well. But with Leah, she's happy to take that because... A, she's vulnerable to that. Like, to have a mothering figure in the first place is great for her. Um, But also, she's a little bit younger, and her and Ramona just click. And I'm with you. It's such a lovely moment. And Ramona's absolutely right. Yeah. I think what's interesting is that Leah's very much focusing on her own triggers that have been pushed and isn't recognizing that her mum's got her own triggers that have also been pushed. And when Ramona says, what your mum is thinking is, oh my God, my daughter has achieved so much and I'm scared she's going to backslide now. She's drinking again. That has to be a light for Leah because she's like, she's only defining me by my failures. Um, and I and I really hope that she takes what Ramona has on board and turns up with some lilacs. We call them lilacs. We call them you lilacs. You call them lilacs. Yeah. Uh, at her mum's. So we'll see, but I'm with you. It's such a lovely relationship. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see it grow. And I'm also excited to see kind of the relationship with Dorinda and Leah grow as well because they've had some serious chats and like seem to be on the same page as well. Leah is so good for this franchise. I'm yeah, so excited. I agree. She's winning them over. Like her authenticity is shining through and it doesn't matter how different you think somebody is or how much you don't want to be friends with them. Her kind of authenticity just beats you into submission essentially yeah. and eventually they'll just respect her for her honesty and her and her genuineness well it's That's it's almost like it. sonia's craziness right like you can't stay mad at sonia because she's going to act a fool and make you laugh and that's like sonia's role whereas i think like you can't help but like leah because she's authentic and real and she's like a good thinking person and like someone that you do want to be around regardless of her you know terrible choices and tramp stamp tattoos like who hasn't made that choice but um i think i was going to say that i think when you get to a point of self confidence where you really start to not react to what people think of you and you can just take it on board and carry on doing your own thing I think is such a key thing. And Leah's done exactly that. And it's the same with Sonia. Like you said, she just doesn't really care yeah. that she people think she's batshit crazy. She's like, it was me. Yeah. That's what I do. Deal with it. Have a good time with it. I do. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what sets those two apart. Everybody else is so very worried about what everybody thinks. And, yeah. you know, but no, I agree. I think Leah's a great addition. For sure. Excellent. Um, do you want to have a quick chat about Tinsley and Dale before we move on, that lunch that they have? Yeah, so like I put up a poll about whether their relationship was mom goals or not, and I don't remember how it turned out, and I didn't look it up, so sorry about that. But (laughs) I think like, I think Tinsley says a lot of things just to make her mom happy. Like her mom wants grandkids, so like Tinsley's constantly saying, I do want kids and blah, blah, blah. 
But in our in our pre-chat meeting, we were talking about this, and you brought it up. Like she's had her eggs frozen for ages, and loads of people are having babies on their own. If she really wanted she, kids, she'd just do it. Yeah, she would have done it by now. She's 44. These eggs have been frozen for years, like yeah. seven, eight years is how I kind of feel it's been. I think you're right. Um, and there's heaps of, this. Is, there's no, um, nobody cares about this anymore. It's not like this is a big deal. If she wanted a baby, she would have just gone and done that by now, and she hasn't. And I'm, I just think you're, you're exactly right. And I think it comes back to that curly hair chat previously right she's constantly just trying to be to please her mom and be the person that she thinks um her mom wants her to be you know her mom's like did you love walking down the catwalk (gasps) i loved it (laughs) like that for her is success yeah and i'm not dissing like it's a big deal to walk down the catwalk but you can tell that that's what set her mom's heart on fire not the fact that she's you know doing her thing in new york and come back from being arrested and in right. a terrible marriage. You know, that's not that big of a deal. But the fact that she walked at London Fashion Week, that's what sets her mum's heart on fire. So I think it's difficult for Tinsley, but I think she's 44. Like, shit will get off the pot. Well, and I feel like Babies. she doesn't want kids. Like, and I think that's I fine. Do. Like, just be honest. Like, nobody nobody really cares. I mean, your mom may be disappointed, but she'll get over it. Like... This is your life. You can't have kids to make somebody else happy because that, like, it's hard work. <laughs> That's not going to yeah. turn out well. Even when you have kids to make yourself happy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. it's not all rainbows and unicorns, my friend. So I don't know. I just I wish it's not even a little bit rainbows and unicorns. No, I mean there's flashes. I mean there's flashes yeah, of, yeah. of greatness, right? Um, but it's a lot of work. But, yeah, it's really fucking hard. And I don't necessarily know if like Tinsley's up for that. I don't know if I would be up to start that at 44. Like I'm not even 40 and I'm, you know, I don't feel it all the time. No. No. <laughs> I mean No. I just I hope that, you know, I mean, she's now with Scott again, they're getting married. Maybe that will change it. But I still feel like she'd still be doing it because she feels she has to, rather totally. than some really deep-seated desire for herself. Well, and I think that kind of comes to like how Dorinda feels about Tinsley. Like we don't know the real Tinsley. Like who is she? And I think, again, we see Dorinda bonds very closely to Leah pretty early on because Leah is authentically her. And I wonder if what Dorinda brings up doesn't make some sense. Like, do we know Tinsley? Do we really know that person behind the New York it girl persona? And I don't think we do. But I don't think she does. Here's the thing. I don't think she does either. And I think that's what she's struggling with. Like, I think this whole fashion show brings that up. It's what she used to do, but it doesn't seem to be Who she is. Right, right. Who she is. And I think that's the thing. You know, she's never really had a job. She's never really done very much. She's been an it girl. She's been a socialite. And I think she's getting to an age where she doesn't have kids. She hasn't got a husband and she's wondering what the fuck she's doing with her life, but she's not able to necessarily verbalize that yet. And I think if she just took control and went, you know what? I don't want fucking children. Yeah. Or I don't know what the fuck I want to do. Like, I'm just figuring it out. Like, sorry. Yeah. If she was real about it, I think that would connect her to people a little bit closer than maybe she is. Because I think everybody kind of feels that way about Tinsley. Like, they just don't know her. They don't know how to connect to her. I really think, in a weird way, Dorinda is making the most effort to try to connect to her, even though she doesn't always handle it the right way. Um, But it'll be interesting to kind of see how that plays out and see if we do really kind of have a better sense of who Tinsley is by the end of this season. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that Tinsley really reacted against Leah coming to the lunch, like she felt, it seemed that she felt really threatened by that. Yeah. And I think it's just because she loses control of it at that point. You know, Leah's going to push and ask a question she doesn't want to answer. And I think she'll lose control of it. And I think that's really terrifying for her. So I don't know. We'll see how she grows and develops, but I think she's struggling a little bit. Um, But maybe Tinsley, maybe Leah will help bring it out of her. Maybe help her find her place. We'll see. I hope so. Because I actually, I like Tinsley. I just want to know more about her. I want to know what she's about. Me too. Me too. 
Um, well, I think that's us for this week. That's us for this week. That was the four shows that we've got going on. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you're enjoying only having four shows on. I don't know if that makes any sense. I mean, why not? Four shows is nice and easy, super quick. Um, We hope you have a great week. Uh, We'll be back next week, obviously, with as many shows as there are, however many that may be. Um, I'm sure Below Deck's going to come to an end probably next week. I think probably that yeah, the next couple of weeks, and I the next I would, couple of weeks. I would say the same thing about Vanderpump Rules because we're on like episode. This was episode eighteen, so we're we're yeah, nearing so we're the probably end wrapping up. Well, we'll see how we go, but either way, we'll be back next week. Until then, remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye bye bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Oh,